amplified impact for multi-passionate female entrepreneurs turning their gifts into assets. This is a space to open your heart even deeper as you learn how to tune into your mission and connect with your clients, the ones who you dream to serve, and create massive impact in their lives. I'm here to inspire you to take time for yourself so you can be the leader in your life and your business, one who stands out and thrives. This is the place where women just like you create wealth from the inside out. All right, we are live. I am so excited. Amplified Impact, welcome back. Today we have a very special guest. And what I love so much about doing these interviews is who we become along the way and who we get to meet on our journey when we're nomads, when we're digital nomads, when we're working from our computers is like you get to be anywhere in the world. So if you're listening on Facebook, be sure to say hi in the comments. If you're listening in your ears on the podcast, come say hi to us on Instagram. Let us know your deepest takeaways. And today I introduce to you Daisha. Daisha is one of the women that I met in my very first ever online business coaching program, which is so cool to think about that that was four years ago, because it feels like lifetimes ago, actually. Daisha is from England. She's worked with six, multiple six-figure businesses, like growing their own businesses organically. She's also an expert in Facebook as a lead trainer and community manager. But what I love about Daisha is she really focuses on helping clients do it their own way and creating freedom because she enjoys being able to travel. She enjoys being able to have flexibility and go have her wine Fridays, which we'll tell you all about that soon. But basically, I was a guest in her um, Facebook group last week, and she's like, yeah, every single Friday, I go somewhere and I find a glass of wine on Friday, and I'm off all weekend long. And I know that that's a dream for many of us to ditch the hustle culture, to completely unplug from our businesses and, and plug into our hearts and doing the things that we're really passionate about. So she believes in helping others to consciously create a life around their business rather than, you know, their business being their life. So welcome, Daisha. Please introduce yourself. Let us know anything that I missed that you would love to highlight. Thank you so much for being here. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, everybody. I I'm blown away with that introduction. Thank you so much. I don't think I have anything else to add. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I have anything else to add. Thank you. Yeah, so it's really cool because when I connected with Daisha last week and we did an interview on her Facebook group, I asked her like, what's happened in the last four years? And she's like, you know, I quit working with your coach back then, like almost a year later, because my business was doing so well. And she's been doing this for nine years. If you're just getting started, you might be like on the roller coaster of emotions that it takes to keep this long-term. It's not like, oh, here's the strategy. I got it figured out. And everything just goes uphill. It's up and down and left and right. And so sometimes you're working for other people and you're helping other people grow their business. And then one day it's just like, bam, all the work that you've been putting in is paying off. And now you get to work for yourself. Daisha, do you want to tell us a little bit more about your journey and evolution? How did you get into online marketing and how have you created this success for someone just starting out or someone wondering like, is this for me? Do I keep going? What's next? 
So my journey was a roller coaster, right? I first started out, I qualified with a degree in events management and I was working all the hours as an events planner. And I went through a breakup and I was like, right, there has got to be more to life than this. So I quit my job and I booked a one-way flight to Thailand and I got a job teaching English. And I thought, this is going to be it. This is going to be my career. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to go live on a beach. It'll be amazing. Turns out, not a huge fan of kids. So I was like, this is not going to be my calling. <laughs> and I come out crying. And I'm like, it's okay. There's no blood on your way. Like, children were not my calling. So I was like, okay, I got to find something else that's not teaching. So I was in Thailand in the middle of nowhere. I got a job like six hours northeast of Bangkok in the very Thai area. Uh, nobody spoke any English. So I had to figure out something else that I could do. So I started building websites. I built my own website. I built a following. And at the time, my business was around travel and fitness. And I literally called it travel and fitness. So if you ever wonder about what name to go with, like literally, it doesn't matter. My business, social treats, I like cake and I do social media. Like, I don't overthink these things, right? So I built this business. I called it travel and fitness. I built a website. I built a social media following around it. And I have no credentials. I just liked working out and I liked traveling. So I built this business around there and I, I built quite a good following. And then I met a girl and she was like, do you want to come to Australia with me? And I, I have this philosophy of sure, why not? Like what's the worst that could happen? So like, yeah, okay, sure, why not? I'll go to Australia. So we booked a flight to Australia. And I remember getting into Australia and thinking, a bottle of water at the airport was my entire week's allowance in Thailand. Like that's how expensive it was in, in Australia compared to what I was earning in Thailand as a teacher. Like I got to find a job. So I hustled, I got a job. I ended up going into the outback and um, meeting a construction company. And they said to me, can you build websites? And I was like, yes, yes, I can. I just taught myself how to do just that. Um, so I came on board to this uh, construction company. I built out their entire marketing plan, did all of their contracts, administration. I worked with Queensland government on all of their big tender documents, built out the, everything to do with their marketing strategy. Um, and then I went down to Sydney and I got recruited into um, re uh, recruitment role doing marketing so it was doing marketing for the recruitment company uh, in sydney so and this had all become because i was like yes i can build websites um sure why not i can figure that out as they go along so i then got hired in sydney doing marketing and this was all because that time in thailand when i didn't want to be a teacher anymore i got to work and taught myself how to do all this stuff so then I got sponsored to stay in, in Sydney in Australia and I was building out um, this marketing strategy for this company and I started doing things on the side and I realized that I was doing exactly the same as what I was doing in the UK, just in a hotter country. And I was like, well, this wasn't what I wanted to do. I've just kind of gone full circle. I'm just on the opposite side of the world now. So I quit my job and I went back to Asia. And I remember walking into my boss's office and quitting. And she said to me, the, the exact words were, um, you're 30 years old and you want to go back to living in hostels. And I was like, yes, yes, I do. 
And she made me go away and think about it. She was like, you should take two weeks and go away and think about it. So I had to quit twice from that job. <laughs> I came back two weeks later. I'm like, still want to go back to Asia and live in those hostels. So I quit my job. I packed everything up and I went back to Asia where I did house sitting. And that's where Social Treats was born. And I started doing um, social media management, all sorts of freelancing, whatever I could do to make some money whilst I was traveling in Asia. And I loved it. The, the business was going well. I was really enjoying it. But I had a panic because I was 30 and I should grow up and do adult things and buy a house and, you know, adult life. Um, and I also was kind of miserable on the inside because although on the outside, I was living this beautiful dream, Instagram worthy life, and it was all roses. I was having the same conversation over and over again because I was moving locations and I was working. So I wasn't really creating any deep and meaningful conversations with anybody. I wasn't getting to know anybody on any sort of depth of level. So every day I was having the same conversations with people, you know, where have you been? Where are you traveling? The same sort of thing you do when you're traveling. And I was like, there has got to be more to this. So I came back to England and I was like, okay, I'll just get a job and I'll figure it out. I got a job again, working in marketing, and I was managing huge inter, uh, national corporations budgets, multi-million pound budgets uh, for huge companies managing the whole campaigns. And I was like, I can, I can do this. So I started building my business back up on the side as I was working full time. And uh, they moved me into the social media department because I was like, you're really good at this social media stuff. Yeah, I know. Doing it on the side. So I, then that drove me even further to get better at my business and build my business. And by the time I quit my business, I was making more in my business than I was in my full-time job. So I had hired a VA before I quit my business because I knew that I couldn't sustain the amount of work I was bringing in on my own in the evenings and weekends. So I hired a VA to come in and help me and then quit my job. And then knowing that, this is hard. And now I need to make more money. I went to Spain for three months because I knew that if I quit my job, if the business didn't go well, I could get another job. So I was like, that's my backup plan. But I don't work very well with backup plans. I work well in fear. So I went, right, I'm going to go to Spain. I can't get a job there. So I have to make this work. I had a mortgage by then. So I have to make this work to pay a mortgage. So I went down to Spain on my own with the dog. And in three months, we doubled the revenue again of the business. So I could come back to the UK and be like, okay, I'm safe now. And I never went back into employment after that. Oh my gosh, what a journey. And for anyone listening, it's, it's just that it's a journey, right? And what I like really took from your message there is like, you just listened, like, I'm going to go to Thailand and teach kids. Nope, definitely don't want to go teach kids. I'm going to go here. Okay, I'm going to work here until it doesn't work out. And then I'm going to go here until my heart calls me somewhere else. And you just kept finding like what it was that your heart wanted to do. And you were really solution oriented and just kept trusting in the plan, the plan that wasn't there, right? It was like the plan that was unfolding. And I can really relate to that like, surface level conversation because after months of traveling I'm like I don't want to tell you who I am and where I'm from I don't want to have that conversation with anyone ever again <laughs> because there's no there's no meaning to that 
And so as you've evolved, you've grown, you listen to your heart, you're now grounded, you're in one place. I know that you really love freedom. You love to create freedom in your life so that you can travel. You've already got plans on the way. You go away every single weekend somewhere new. How do you help your clients create a freedom-based lifestyle? Because I know that when I began becoming an entrepreneur, I worked 24-7. I didn't know how to have the boundaries because there's this hustle culture that if I do more, I'm more successful. And we both know that that's not true, but for someone maybe that's listening that is still thinking like more equals success, how do you create systems in someone's business so they can live a freedom-based lifestyle? So one of the things that I make sure that I uncover for people is how much money that they want to earn. And I look at two figures, like how much money they need to earn to be comfortable and how much money they want to earn as their goal and why they want that money. Because that's the other thing, right? And I know I've done this before. I'm like, oh, I must have a six-figure business. I must make this amount of money each month. But realistically, I don't care. Money doesn't drive me at all. So for me, those arbitrary figures weren't gonna drive me to do anything. And what I needed and what I see in my clients is that setting the lifestyle goals So, okay, what money do you need to pay your bills? What money do you need to have a good life? And then we work backwards and work in how many clients you need to do that. So what does that look like in terms of the number of clients that you need to work with to be able to hit those goals? And then do you have time in the time that you want to work with to to do that? Because I see so many people either go, you know, hustle, I want to, I want to have 50 clients. And then when they get to the 10, they're like, I haven't got any time to do anything because you didn't factor in what, you know, marketing and everything else that you have to do all the paperwork and the boring bits of a business and delivery of the business to deliver that time to those 10 clients. So factoring in exactly how much time you need to spend on client delivery, how much time you need to spend on admin, how much time you need to spend on marketing and sales and then work it back into, does this fit into my lifestyle that I want to create? Or do I have to change something? Whether that be your pricing, your ultimate goals, how much you want to work. Because I think the four-hour work week by Tim Ferriss, brilliant book, lovely, bit of an unrealistic concept. Like (laughs) it would be nice that we could make millions and only work four hours a week. Not really realistic. And I think so many people read that and the other types of those sorts of books where they think it's fine I'll just make loads of money and I don't have to do anything like that's not realistic and I see some clients come to me and they go well that seems like a lot of work yeah because running a business can be a lot of work but once you've set it up so that you know exactly what times you're going to do those things and you're going to work and you know what results you can expect from that time that you're putting in then you know where you stand with the money and your time off So that's why I say like, I don't book in calls on Mondays and Fridays. I am like, they're not even available for anybody in my calendars because I might want to go away for a weekend. I might not, but I might do. I want to have that option to do that. So I only book in calls on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And the same as I don't book calls in late at night because I might want to go out for dinner or do whatever I want to do. I also train, I go to the gym in the morning. So I never book calls early in the morning because I'm usually coming back from the gym or whatever. But setting up those systems in your business early on from the outset so that you have that choice. 
the other thing that I did in my business was transitioned everything to fortnightly. Now this may or may not work for you, but it's a business decision that I made that all my one-on-one calls are fortnightly. All my coaching is fortnightly every two weeks for those that don't speak English and know we use weird words fortnightly. So every two weeks, um, because I wanted the option that if I want to go away for a week and not have internet, it's not going to affect anybody's coaching. It's not going to affect anything massively. I can just say, you can, you can book it in next week. I have to double up on the work for the next week. They can do that. And I can just take the week off and it's not a big deal. So that's something that I implemented. So I had more freedom in if I wanted to go on holiday or not that week. Yeah. And I love what you say about like the four hour work week and and that not really being realistic. Um, (laughs) People say passive and automated and they don't have to work and they just collect cash on the beach. But like if it's passive, if it's automated, you need to be checking to make sure that everything is working and you have to be tweaking. So there's no actually just completely unplugging from a business. A business takes work. And for me, and I know for you too, like I want to be able to be a part of the transformation and I'm passionate about working. So I want to work. Like if I'm not working and I'm just doing nothing, I feel unfulfilled, but also reverse engineering. Like what does that work look like? Like how much do I want to be showing up and how many calls do I, can I have at this price point in a week to reach my goals? And you you really highlighted something. Oh, six figures. Now it's seven figures, right? There's these flashy numbers, but like, what does that mean to you? Do you really need that much money to do what you desire to do? And how would you spend that money now if you had it so that you can see like, oh, I actually don't need that much. This would be the amount of time that I work, the amount of clients that I have, and then the rest would be doing things like traveling and going to do things that I enjoy. So I think you really highlighted on some points of like things that I do when I'm coaching my clients as well as like, what would be best for you? And how often is it that you want to be working? And how can you set up the systems now and not be that like reach your goals or not even reach your goals and realize like, oh, those goals aren't realistic. I don't want those goals. And so for someone that's like realizing that they set their business up in a way that doesn't sustain them, how do you help your clients? Like, okay, I actually only need four clients a month. I thought I needed 10. How do you help them to get more clients? Like what are some of your systems in teaching them to grow their audience, network, sign more clients, right? If we're growing our audience and people aren't actually signing up to work with us, like how do you help them find what's missing in their business to reach their goals? So one of the things that I found is a lot of people aren't focused on the growth of their audience. So what they'll do is they'll create an offer. They'll put one post out and they'll go, nobody wants it. Like, well, nobody saw it for starters because of social media and 4% of the people will see any one post. So firstly, one post isn't enough. Secondly, what are you doing to consistently grow your audience so that you're bringing new people into your world all the time? Because that is such an important step that if we're not doing, whether that's growing your email list, your Facebook group, your friends, your followers, whatever it is, if you're not doing those things, then the selling part becomes harder because you've exhausted your audience. They're not your, they're not your ideal clients or they've already bought from you. So the growth is really important. And one of the things that I do is I just posted on my stories actually today. Um, I've just got a wood burning stove in my house. And one of my new favorite things is to sit by the wood burner 
and journal. And one of my journaling prompts today was, what can I do this week to grow my audience? So, and being really specific in that time frame, what can I do this week that is going to grow my audience? So I wrote, and I wrote down a few things like a reel and getting more speaking stuff and all these different things that I could do that I could do right now to grow my audience and being really specific on that on every week so that you are consistently growing your audience. And then the next point is, okay, what can I do this week to get more sales? So whether that's following up with people that you've spoken to, I am a big fan and my clients laugh at me because I'm very tech savvy, right? I have a lot of tech, a lot of tools, a lot of systems, but my one-on-one clients are written down on a piece of paper on my desk, my ideal one-on-one clients. So once I've had a conversation with somebody and I think, oh, I want to work with you, I write their name down on a piece of paper and I have it on my desk. So whether they sign up with me in the next month In the next six months, their name stays on my desk for that entire time because then I know I'm like, oh, I wonder what she's doing today. I'll just go check in, see if I can like a post or send her a message and see how it's going. So I'm constantly adding new people to that list until they sign up and they might sign up in six months. They might sign up in a year. They might sign up next week, but I'm constantly adding people into it. So when I'm thinking, okay, what can I do to generate more sales this week? I'm like, let me go back to that list see who I can check in with, see what's happening in their worlds, see if they want to sign up. And some people go, oh, I'll sign up in March, June, July, whenever it is. Yeah, okay, make a note, follow up. And then by making sure that you've got that list and being uh, conscious about that effort to make those sales and what you can do to make those sales. So if you're thinking, okay, what can I do to make sales this week? I've got an email going out on Friday, always goes out, an email always goes out on Friday to my list. What offer can I create as a no-brainer for my list? So for me, just the other week, I was thinking, what can I do to make sales this week? And one of the things that came to me was like, I haven't offered people done-for-you content in like four years. I was like, what if I created an offer where I only took a few people because I don't do a lot of done-for-you content, but what if I took like just two or three people on a done for you content package. And I emailed out to my list and I had like 15 people be like, oh my God, yes, I would love to speak to you about this. I'm like, oh, cool, great. And that was just from me sitting down. What can I do to make more sales this week? So having those journaling prompts that you focus on each week and having a goal for that week on how you can grow your audience and make more sales or even, and making more sales doesn't mean you have to necessarily have new sales. I retarget old uh, offers into my group of clients that are already existing. Um, like some of my already existing clients bought the done for you package. Some of my already existing clients will upgrade from a group program into a one-on-one offer. So it doesn't have to be about converting new people. It can be about what you can do to upsell your current clients as well. Yeah. And I, I love this part that you highlighted this week today. Because oftentimes we're like, okay, what am I going to do this year? Or what am I going to do this month? And when you just say like, okay, what am I going to sit down and do right now 
that's going to help me throughout this week to grow my audience. And it's like, there's so many different ways in which we can grow our audience. And as long as you're focusing on a few of those things every single week or one thing a day, you're going to be growing your audience. And I am stealing this idea. So I have in my, my idea in my pocket, my notepad on my phone, ideal clients, people that I've conversated with that I'm like, oh my gosh, I would love to work with her dream soulmate client. I've never wrote it down on a piece of paper. I do that when they join my programs and stuff, but I'm writing that down. Like I love that idea to just put them here, have them on your desk, dream soulmate clients. And then even like something that I just had as I'm, I'm saying this to you is like, why are they a dream soulmate client? And like asking yourself, what qualities do they have? What is it that they're seeking so that you really get clear on who it is that you want to attract more of while you're growing your audience, you get to know like who's on your vision board already. And just as we have mentors on our vision board, we're on other people's vision boards. And so just letting that be something that is like super clear in marketing. And I absolutely love what you highlighted is like the clients that you're already working with right now are a great fit for something else. Like done for you packages, sign me up, someone help me. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great offer. And so it's like, whatever it is that you're doing right now in your business, whoever it is you're working with, how could you help them more? What could you do to make it just a little bit easier in their life today? Like a meal plan, right? You're doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. How could you send out a meal plan? Maybe that you're not already doing that. Just an idea that I had. Oh, I love this so much. And so for you right now, when you focus on working Tuesday to Thursday with calls, how many calls a week do you take? It depends on the week and what, I, what my focus is. So I have my masterclass coming up this week. Um, so I've been focused on generating interest into my masterclass, um, which is funny because going back into marketing, I have learned that I name I named it because I thought it was funny, but yeah. turns out not many people know what I'm talking about. So <laughs> next time I run the masterclass, I'm like, huh, it generated a lot of conversation because I called my masterclass, love your back end. So everybody was like, that's brilliant. <laughs> in, in reality, nobody knows what that actually is. Right. So next time I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so everyone's like, oh my God, this is amazing. Um, but nobody knows what I'm actually teaching in the inside the masterclass. So a little bit of a flaw there. So next time I run it, I'll change the name and won't go with something that makes me laugh. I'll go with something a little bit more practical. But that's what happens in marketing, right? So I have my masterclass anyway this week. Um, and I usually have maybe, well, I have seven clients in total, usually one-on-one. -on -one. So I might have maybe three or four client calls. I might have a couple of sales calls and a few lives or anything like that. So Mondays, uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays are usually pretty full in terms of calls. Um, I say full. I still have to walk the dog, go to the gym and, you know, live. So <laughs> fairly full. Mm -hmm. It's balance, right? Like that is included in your schedule and something like when you're just starting out or you're like noticing that you're bringing the hustle culture with you, it's like you have to schedule in going to the gym, eating your lunch, blocking off your calendar. You have to schedule in walking your dog or taking, as I do, take time with my baby. You know, it's like these are things that are a part of your business when we become entrepreneurs, when we become business owners is that you create your schedule. And if you're not conscious of how you're spending your time, all of a sudden you have a 
a client roster full and where the heck is Amber or Daisha? <laughs> Someone help us, right? And so it's so important for those of you that are listening, it's like schedule yourself into your calendar first. <laughs> Put that into yeah. your calendar first and then begin to create your business around your time freedom. And something that I made a mistake of when I first started my business was scheduling my calls at night when I'm like a walking zombie at night. And when I moved everything to my prime time, I was like, oh, I have so much more to give. Why did I do that to myself for two years? Oh, because I forgot that I was the owner. I was the leader in this and that people will match what we do. And something that came forward and through in our conversation in the podcast that we did together for your Facebook group was the ability that you're teaching your clients how to be in relationship with you. And you want to share with us a little bit about like the time difference and how people hop on your calls at two o'clock in the morning because you're their dream mentor. And these are the times of the calls. Yeah. So one thing that um, I would like to stress to my clients is that this is your business, right? You get to choose when you work and that goes for the times that you teach or coach or whatever it is. So I have clients that show up and um, they, I have clients in Australia, I have clients in the US, I have clients in the UK, and I work generally from 10 to maybe 6 um, UK time, and that is it. I might occasionally do a little bit later in the evenings, um, but not really, because like you, my brain switches off in the evenings, I'm like, I don't have anything else, I'm like, done. Um, so my clients get up at 2 a.m. in the morning. I have clients that have got up at 2 a.m. to attend my calls. Um, some of my clients get up at 5 a.m. One of my previous clients, um, she had kids and she worked at a, a nursing job. So she would get up at 5 a.m. and sit in a cupboard because it was quiet. So she could talk to me from a cupboard at 5 a.m. in the morning, right? These are the things that people do when they want to work with you and they're dedicated to their business. So don't worry about making sure that your timescale fits into other people's. Just make sure that it fits in with your lifestyle and the way that you want to create. The other thing that I want to make sure that I share is to make sure that you are tracking everything in terms of the revenue in your business. Because I see so many people, and my clients do this all the time, is I'm not enough. It's not enough. I need to work these more hours because I'm not making enough money. Um, this isn't working. I need to do this because of this. All the excuses. And then when I sit down and say, okay, so what are your revenue? What is your revenue right now? They're like, oh, I actually made 12K this month. And they were only aiming for five. I'm like, right. So all of that stress of you needed to work more was a lie because you didn't need to do any of it, but you weren't tracking it. So you didn't know. So you were coming out of the gate from a scarcity mindset. And that's one of the things that I was talking to a, a client of mine recently is that I see as a pro and a con because sometimes I track what I do and then I get to a certain income and I'm like, wow, don't need to do anything else in the month. <laughs> I'm done. I hit my goal. That's it. Right. I'll just start again next month. And that has pros and cons. Right? So I'm not that ambitious, but I've hit good goals, good targets. And then once I get to them, I'm like, meh, it's okay. I'm done now. I don't need to work so much anymore. Um, but that's something that if you're not tracking, then you think you need to work a lot harder than you do. And then you push yourself into that hustle mindset. And when you actually go back and look, you did far better than you ever thought you did. So make sure that you track everything and stop pushing yourself. 
I love that so much. Track what it is that you're doing to grow and sell this week. Track what it is that you're making right now, what you made this month. Keep a record of everything that it is that you're doing and journal on what it is that you're going to do. And when you have the evidence right in front of you, it's like, oh, wine weekend. Let's go. Let's go. Where are we going? You know, and it's like, but to keep the momentum going and something that I really like to do when it comes to like scheduling out my calls, scheduling out my week, it's like just knowing that one more thing is enough, you know, like that you don't have to do everything that's on your to-do list for this week, just one more thing. And all of the things that you've been doing for the past, since you started your business are adding up. And the more that you have clients to work with, the more that you learn about what it is that they actually need and how it is that you actually help them so that you are the go-to mentor for them because they will wake up at two o'clock in the morning. And when you get clear on why, you why are you so important what do you have that another coach has you can start to emphasize that in your content and in your marketing and just one more story just one more reel then you can go and enjoy not like I had all these things to do I need to get them all done to reach my goals it's like just one just one more thing yeah I love that the point you said about why you and I have done this I've had sales calls with people where I have told them to go away and write pages of why somebody would work with them. Because I'm like, you don't believe in you right now. So I don't want to work with you because you don't have that belief in yourself. Like you're more than welcome to borrow my belief in you, but you need to find that belief in yourself. Otherwise nobody is going to buy from you. So I'm like, go away, write three pages of why somebody would give you money, then come back to me and tell me you're ready to work with me. Because until you believe it, nobody else is going to believe it. And people are like, oh, okay. And they go, that's really hard. I'm like, it shouldn't be hard because if you want people to pay for you, you should know why they should work with you. Like I just made a reel yesterday, 50% is strategy and 50% is belief. You have to believe that your work is going to change lives or why energetically would someone else hire you? You know, uh, it doesn't make any sense. Like if you don't know that what you're serving and what you're giving is enough, neither does she, neither does he. Daisha, we could probably talk for a really long time. I, I feel the momentum growing. Share with us, why you? Why would someone hire to work with you? What, what do you have? What are you offering right now? Tell us about your gifts, your passions, and what it is you're doing right now with your clients. Yeah, so my brain works differently. And I just got off a sales call just before this, actually. And she was like, this was not where I thought this conversation was going to go. And the same one today as well said the exact same thing, actually. Both of my conversations today, this is not where I thought this was going to go. Because I don't beat around the bush, right? I tell you exactly what I say. She's She came on the call. She's like, I think I'm going to do this because this one isn't working. I'm like, then you're just covering broccoli with chocolate and calling it something else. That's not going to work. Let's dive into what is going to work for you and what you're passionate about rather than just changing because you think nobody's going to buy from you for whatever it is that you want to sell. So knowing that you can create a business that you are passionate about if you just tweak a few things. And so many of my clients, they get stuck in this uh, sort of box of what they think they should do. They think they should work with this type of person, or they think they should offer this type of thing. And when I talk to them about different options and how they could maybe do their business a little bit different than the status quo, the norm, they're like, oh, that actually would really excite me. 
And I love seeing that change on their face. Like, oh my God, there's so many things that I could do. Um, and building out then the strategy to get that to sales. So I call marketing the glitz and the glam. Like this is the fluff, right? The stuff that you need to get out there in, in bigger detail, get more clients, get bigger. There is the starting section where you have to do the market research, the packaging, the building of your offer, the actual getting a couple of people through the door. You don't need any website for that. You don't need any full on course for that. You don't need anything to get those first few people through the door. You just need an outcome. And I have worked with clients before where we've sold their one-on-one, they've sold out. Then they come back to me and go, now what do I teach? Like, I don't know, that's on you. <laughs> because we've packaged it in such a way that the outcome is so strong that it makes it an, a no-brainer for their ideal clients. And they haven't done any of the legwork to create something first because I don't believe you should spend that time building something if you haven't sold it yet. So that's one area of what I do is I work with clients to get through that section and get those first few clients through the door and pay you money. And then we add the glitz and the glam on. So the glitz and the glam is all the systems and strategies and everything else that you attach to that to make sure that um, it's successful, to make sure that you can scale, to make sure that you can bring in those bucks and you can quit your job, travel, jump on a plane whenever you want to. That is the fun stuff, right? That is all the, the nice bits. I'm running a masterclass this week where called Love Your Backend, where we dive into the numbers and the bits and pieces behind all of that stuff. So now you've built all of those funnels, you've built all those websites, but what does that really mean? Like, what is the conversion? Can you tweak things to improve it? How many people have you got growing? And do you know that? Are you tracking what your growth stats are? Or are you saying, yeah, I'm growing? but you don't know how, by how many people per week or what that actually looks like on your email list. How many sales are you actually getting and where are they coming from? And are they actually act, accessing your freebies or are they just not looking at anything in the first place? Can you tweak, make small changes to the, to the funnels that you've already created that might mean that people convert a lot quicker? So whether that could be adding videos, to, it could be taking off. I think I had a landing page that required a phone number. I made that an optional field and increased conversions. Like things like that that you could do that if you don't understand the numbers and the back end and what you're looking at, you would have no idea to go into and change those things. And it's just small tweaks that if you have even a, a CEO day once a month where you go and dive into these numbers and you track what your growth is, what your sales are, what everything is and how you're onboarding your clients and see how you can improve all of those things. So the masterclass is going into all of that detail. So you know exactly where to look for these numbers, what they mean and how you can track those moving forward in your business as well. Um, so that's happening on Thursday. And inside of my group is tons of stuff. Um, I have a guide section full of information uh, that you can dive into, whether that's around creating content, growing your group, growing your social media following, growing your email list, 
um, getting sales from your social media posts. I do believe you should be able to do that. Um, so creating content that sells is really, really important and the onboarding and sales process as well, because I don't think scripts should be involved in sales conversations because it drives me insane. Um, so coming from a place of love and heart when you're having a conversation, a sales conversation in particular, rather than a stressful selling position as well, we go into all of that inside my group and it's completely free. So you can go and check that out too. Amazing. So many things and, you know, just highlighting it's small tweaks. You don't need to change everything. And when you track your numbers, big things can change from the small tweaks when you look at the numbers. So I'll drop this masterclass into the show notes. If you're watching this on the Facebook group, say hi, I'll tag Daisha here. If you're on the podcast, just be sure to take a screenshot of something resonates, tag Daisha and Amber on Instagram. Either way, we will talk to you later. Bye everyone.